Welcome to Breaking Ice and Building Bridges from Possibilities. I'm Kelly Johnson. And I'm Byron Jackson. Glad you're here. Connecting a community through conversation. This is Byron Jackson, and welcome to Building... Oh, I messed it up again. This is Breaking Ice, Building Bridges with Possibilities. And one of these shows, I am actually going to say that without messing up. I am so excited to be here, human and all. John, it is very good to be human, isn't it? Yes, it is. This is one of my guests. I have three wonderful guests, and I'll I'll describe them physically. <laughs> they all have on similar color shirts. That's true. Wow. So it's kind of, and you guys have never met each other before, but no. you pick. Yeah. So first on my great right, minds think to light, you know. That's it. What I'm in green though. Uh, okay, so there you go. <laughs> so on my right, I have John Davidson. Did I say that correctly? Yes. And John, you do tell us what do you do. All right. Well, uh, I do a couple of things. I'm a transitions life coach, and I work with uh, specifically um, blind and visually impaired people who are transitioning into uh, improving their quality of life. And and then the other uh, main passion in my life is as an artist, and I've done that um, since I was very young. And uh, in the last uh, really three years, it's been really exciting to exhibit my work and uh, moved into a new phase of it uh, um, a little while ago, which we can talk about more later. So I don't want to take up all the time. So. Yeah, you're you're going for the entire show there. I know. <laughs> and so you're. Uh... I, would, I want to be kind. <laughs> yeah. And... See. Talk about that. I want to practice kindness. Now you're seeing impaired, but you, it has gradually gotten worse for you, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's at a uh, a place where I have um, a light perception, but you know, but there's a lot to that, and there's a lot of uh, uh, certainly uh, changes that I went through in light of that, but. You, you have to make a decision about what you're going to do with your life, you know, and that's what it comes down to. Okay, your time's up now. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got another hour. <laughs> okay. I also, to his right, is a person who can see, I hope. Since, and so, Cam, what is your last name? Cox. Cam Cox. Yeah. CC. CC. CC Ryder. Quick and short, Cam Cox. Have you listened to CC uh, Ryder? I have. No. Really? Uh, I've heard of it, but I had no. Okay. This is something we have to give to you. Okay. CC. Tell us, what do you do, Cam? Uh, I, you know, that's that's a, not an easy question, but I always describe it as um, twofold, what I do. Uh, I have transitional housing. Um, I, uh, I, I made some really bad decisions in my 30s and 40s and had to go away on a vacation for a decade or so and came out and found a need for transitional housing. And so I have... For substance abuse or... Mo mostly people coming out of uh, confinement or incarceration. Really? Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, transitional housing. Um, it started out as sober housing, and then I 
somewhere came to the realization that I'm not the one to teach people how to get sober. You know, it's something that I got forced to do by uh, getting by locked the, up. Yeah. And so it, it just kind of morphed into more, um, more traditional transitional type housing for, for people who are, you know, going through whatever kind of life transitions there sometimes be females getting away from a, a domestic situation or uh, just the whole gamut of people, you know, who need some interim housing in their lifetime. And that's where my income comes from. That's, that's where I make a living. Uh, but I spend probably 10 or 15% of my time doing that. And the rest of my time uh, volunteering with the uh, Baptist ministers on the east side of Oklahoma City. And we do all their fundraising and giveaways and all of the uh, community activities that they're involved with. And that, that occupies a lot of my time. Um, I have a background in media. I was in uh, radio and TV for many years here. And so I do all of their, uh, all of their media relations, all of their press releases, all of their video and that kind of thing. So there's my, there, there's my hybrid occupations. How many houses do you have? I have two houses, two houses? about 20 beds. Yeah. I'm, um, so I'm real familiar with transitional housing for substance abuse. Right. And so. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's, it crosses back and forth across the lines. You know, of course we deal with a lot of substance abuse and, you know, that's the impetus of a lot of people's problems, but yeah. And mental illness. Yes. Yeah, I always wonder how many guys are in prison that don't remember what happened. And so they're serving the sentence and they have no recollection of what happened. They just got there, yeah. It's interesting you bring up the mental illness part. I had a guy yesterday just out of the blue describing his family to me, and he said, my uh, my daughter's like me. She's mentally ill. And I thought, wow, I you know, I didn't I didn't realize that there was that much acceptance and realization of what was going on with them. Uh, but a lot of people are in that boat that I see. Yeah. My age, they just, when I was younger, they just said I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were right on the, but just, I don't know what they would say today. <laughs> well, and you've had the substance thing too. You'd probably be a typical dual diagnosis, bipolar, one of the catch all diagnosis. That is you. true. That is true. That is why I was late today. Dual diagnosis. That's it. <laughs> and a little attention deficit. <laughs> oh. And last but not least, the lovely Tracy Tabian. Did I say that correctly? Almost. It's Tabianan. Tabiana. Mm -hmm. I've only known you like 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> so Tabian. What is that? Name? It's Filipino. Really? Oh. Yes. Yeah. So my husband is uh, a quarter Filipino. Wow. Yeah. Have you been to the Philippines? I have not. It is very pretty over there. It is a it is a booger of a plane ride though. <laughs> it is it's like I did I went close to there and it was twenty seven hours going Ugh. and thirty one hours coming back. Oh wow. wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was I was not tell us what do you do? Do you have a sober living house? <laughs> Tracy? I, do I have a what? Transitional living. House. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that in common. <laughs> We're just marking off the things we don't have. In common. I, don't, I don't have that. Um, so I uh, I work at American Fidelity, and I am the uh, director of our digital business system. So I work in the IT department with software and data developers, and so a lot of the 
work that I do is about getting software projects done, um, also in terms of professional development and leadership development, um, just training that next generation of IT professionals. Well, now you have a far background in engineering, is that correct? Um, yes. So I've, I've been in software engineering um, about 30 years now. Well, I bet that has changed. It has, yeah. So I uh, started as a kid uh, programming a p- computer before they had, uh, really computers were accessible. So I started programming those early on. And then by the time I got done with college, you know, they had more computers available and you had your word perfect, pro- word perfect programs and that kind of thing. So I've seen the whole evolution of uh, computers and mobile software and the internet. So I worked on like one of the first um, web programs also in and, developing uh, um, web programs. Oh, wow. And you did that as a child? Well, I did that. I got paid to do that. But as a kid, I, I wrote programs. What got you? I mean, what happened to get you interested in that? Um, it was something to do. So like you had summer vacation and um, um, we had a, my mom was able to get a computer at a rummage sale because we were near Delco Electronics. Mm. And so there were a lot of engineers there. And so they they had, when somebody had a computer and they wanted to upgrade theirs, so they sold their old one on the, uh, at a garage sale. And, mm. and I started getting into it because at the time you bought software, it was on a cassette tape in a Ziploc bag at Radio Shack. And I discovered that I could get the book to how to program the software. So the, the cassette tape was $15, but I could get a book to program the computer for only for 15 and I could have more programs. Yeah. So I started, um, working with that book and then mashing programs together to do different things. That is amazing. So you really like putting things, like figuring things out and putting them together. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a, it's the same kind of skill like chefs use, you know, just in terms of like you're putting different pieces together and, and so it's either software or software systems or people even, you know, where like, working processes and getting people to work together. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, kind of what I do. Fascinating. I could talk. What do you think of that, Cam? Uh, it, I think that's a, a mind that works differently than mine. That's, what I, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was thinking when she was talking about programming just for the fun of it and that sort of thing. I thought, oh, that's, that's not me. I'm going to be a, out, out in a, a little different realm in that. Yeah, but it's like a uh, almost like an artist process too. Yes, because you're yeah. figuring out, uh, uh, in a sense, the colors of how things go together, or you have this canvas and you you are putting together um, how this is all going to work. So that's really interesting. It's, it's like an artist process. Yeah. And you yep. and you are artist, John. Yes. Uh, you, I am. you can't talk about this now, but I'm good. I have you on a strict time limit. Oh, geez. <laughs> I thought I was going to have three hours. Come on. So you do art. It, it's called, so art that you can touch. Yeah. Uh, uh, tactile art. Tactile art. Yes. Yeah. And um, I was telling uh, Tracy and Cam earlier how I came to that. And 
So one uh, one day I was at my kitchen table, and this is during the time when um, I'm having uh, really lost a lot of vision, and so I was focusing on what am I going to do. And um, I was sitting at the table, and I was thinking, man, there's something missing. You know, um, what is it? And then I realized that for because of the vision problems, I had not been making art. And I've done art my whole life, you know. Uh, went to art school in New York and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so, so I, at that point, I had to make a decision, you know, as to what I was going to do. And what came out of that decision is the kind of art that I'm doing now that is tactile art that has a variety of uh, materials that I use, um, uh, the initial pieces had uh, wood pieces and um, that were designed in a kind of an abstract way. But I was really focused on the tactile sensation so that when, when somebody who is either sighted or blind or visually impaired, when they um, touch mm. it, they have that experience. And have some, an experience. They go somewhere, you know. Some of that yeah. is on display. In this building, yes, it is, and so it's right down, not in this room, I'm looking not around. in this room, but <laughs> down the hall, right. and uh, in the you, community room at, down at New View. At yeah. New View, you yeah. know what you're missing? What? A theme song for tactile <laughs> art. Oh, really? Tactile art. <laughs> okay. John. Yeah. This is going to make you millions. Guys, okay. oh, go ahead. Do you have a problem getting people to actually touch the art? Because, you know, that's one of the things that people are like, don't touch it. Yeah. And so, like, I would think that'd be really hard to get people to get used to touching it. Well, well, there was uh, there was two things about that. I was in uh, uh, an exhibit at the Myriad Gardens, and uh, the lady who was a curator actually put this sign up saying, please touch me. <laughs> Uh, which, which I think really helped people to uh, not have that inhibition. Um, we did an opening here uh, about a month or so ago and I did a little presentation and, and I was saying, you know, people were asking me questions. Well, what does this feel like? Or how does that mm. do? And I was like, come and see, touch yeah, the art, yeah, yeah. you know? And, and I didn't realize there was that that barrier because, you know, certainly we've been trained that never touch art, ever, you know? And that was part of the thing that was the appeal for me too, that I, I wanted to people to experience art. I didn't want them to have that freedom and not have fear about touching the art, so. Good Thank question. Yes. It is. It has made me think too. I'm I'm past the song now. <laughs> oh, okay. That I'm going to put on a sign that says, "Please touch me." Please touch me. <laughs> Please touch. <laughs> a, a, a maybe? I thought yeah. you would say that, Bart. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. We actually have a theme. I try and have a small theme in the minutes that we're together, and uh, words. One of the words I would like to look at today is the word kindness. And why I picked that is because for me, like people will say many times, you are kind, but actually I am not. Hmm. It is an effort and an intention for me to be kind. Right. For instance, I was just at the restaurant 
and they were like an hour getting our food. I knew I had you guys here. And so were you kind? Yes. But I mean, I had to make intention. I had to make intention. Right. I'm not just going to unload on these people because I'm running behind. Because they were like their fault. Yeah, they were packed more busier than they've ever been. And so, um, for me, kindness is an intention that I really, really have to work on. It just doesn't just pop up. So. Kim, you have thoughts. Uh, I'm, I'm piggybacking off of that because when you told us to think about kindness, what I, what I thought is sometimes that's very easy and sometimes that's not so easy. And you you make that perfect example right there. You know, if, if everything's going well, like like I've I've only known you around the telethon and, you know, a few times, but you've just always been a happy-go-lucky fella. And I thought you were extremely kind. And it's easy to be kind to you. I mean, that's that's just part of it. But... You know, when when someone goes against your grain or you have some sort of conflict or something, you're right. It, you have to make it intentional because kindness does not always come so easy. Yeah, kindness is really a decision that you have to make. Like one of the uh, – initially with the transition with the blindness and stuff, um, I had to be kind enough to let people help me. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was really, because I'm like Mr. Independent, go yeah, here, go yeah. there, right? And, and, and this is a little story. So I was uh, putting the trash out in my apartment mm-hmm. complex. And, um, and this uh, uh, young uh, lady, young child says, oh, can I help you? And I was like, oh, no, it's okay. I got it. Come <laughs> on. You know, I can do this, you know. And then I went a little ways and she said, you sure I can help you? And I was no, no, I'm good, I'm good, you know. And then, and then I uh, went all the ways longer, and I said, you know, John, you need to allow her to give you that kindness. And so I did, and she she helped me with it, and she was so joyful because she had done that. So mm-hmm. kindness really is a decision, being kind to someone, you know. And even when it's kind of like reverse. You know, as far as the mm. roles, yeah. So receiving it is just as important as yes. giving it then. Yes. Both Tra- are acts of kindness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think it is your attitude in terms of, you know, your mindset in terms of what are my expectations? My expectations aren't being met. Right. And then putting those expectations aside and then realizing, oh, it doesn't matter let this person be the way that they want to be or that they need to be. And um, a friend of mine gave me some great advice once. She said, Tracy, less grit, more grace. And so I I think about that quite a bit because you get in your mind about what you, how you want things done. And if you just let that go and just be more grace, have more grace, um, the people around you will um, appreciate it. Less grit, more grace. That's kindness itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so. I like that. I I actually used to hate being kind because everybody that I rolled modeled, of course, they all ended up in prison and dead. But <laughs> everybody I rolled modeled, that was like a weakness. And um, so I remember trying to not be kind. And... Um, in our world today, do you think, um, let's say if everyone was kind, 
in the world, what difference do you think that would make in the world that we're living in right now? Well, for me, I think that we have to, I think with so much going on in the media and everything, uh, we get this uh, dark picture of the world. Um, but people are really kind to each other. You know, again, again, I have a... Most rough, people. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, they are. Um, I have another story. I keep coming up with these stories. But anyway, I was uh, visiting my family in New Jersey, and um, uh, I was in a hotel there, and uh, the people there were so kind. Now, yes, you know, I'm a blind guy, and they knew that, and they were helping me out. But just the idea that there is kind of like a... Uh, that. My point is, is that there's more people who are kind than are not, you know. There's more people that are kind than that are not. Because I think we just get the general negative picture of people being evil and bad all the time. That's just Can, my opinion. Cam, counter thought on that? It's, yeah. it's reciprocating. If people are kind to you, it's easy to be kind to them. And so it's a, it's a thing that goes back and forth, I think. So are I'm not you countering? I'm a little surprised sometimes at how many kind people there are. I think people inherently want to be kind to one another, but the world around us interferes with that sometimes. I do remember the unkind much more than I'll remember. Like if I talk mm -hmm. to 10 people who say, hey, have a nice day, I, I will remember the one that goes, hey, get out of my way. It's the black spot <laughs> on the white cheek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tracy. Um, I, well, I think that um, people generally are kind, and I think sometimes it's just hard to remember to be kind, mm -hmm. where you get those influences from the TV or you've had a bad day or something's gone wrong, and, and to remember to step out of it and just um, that's your moment to um, – change things and be be nice get out of yourself yeah yeah it, it is amazing i could see like a bumper sticker sometimes and i have no idea the person there but it just will enrage me and i'm ready to like fight that person and i have no idea who's in there but it, they just might have a bumper sticker on their car and so it's amazing to me how easily i can get deterred from like thinking kind thoughts. Yeah. And, and so Yeah, and I saw it's also to me it's a clue that somebody is not doing well. You know, when they mm -hmm. are overreacting or upset yeah, about yeah. something and and it's like, okay, well, they must have something going on in their life and again, being a little giving them a Rip. little uh flexibility and and um I think that can help them out. Well, I was thinking that um Kindness is is not uh, necessarily a superficial thing. No, you know, no. Um, there's a reason why people are kind, and it depends on certainly, uh, like we're talking about, what goes on in their life, what um, they have behind the kindness. You know, um, I am a, a believer, and behind the kindness is is not just a, it is that I, I want to um, love people. I, want, I You know, that's behind the kindness for me. And it's my faith. 
But, you know, uh, it's not just a superficial thing. You know, this true kindness, I think, has something behind it uh, that's a lot deeper. And, uh, yeah. The the Dalai Lama says the religion he practices is kindness. Right. And if he practices it. Tracy, Cam, John. Byron. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you catch up quick. <laughs> oh. Tracy, I think you should have your own show called Grit and Grace. We could do recipes and life lessons. Yeah. You guys, thank you very much for coming and spending time with me. This has been really, really good. And this has been Byron Jackson on Breaking Ice and Building Bridges, Bridges with Possibilities. Mm-hmm. We are over, over, and out. Connecting a community through conversation. Breaking Ice, Building Bridges is the Possibilities Community Podcast Platform. Thanks for tuning in.